Brother Sean, it's good to be here this morning. At my age, it's good to be anywhere. And um, I'm grateful for this privilege to be able to share the word with you today. When I walked in here this morning, I was reminded of a story. Um, our second son, Jonathan, told me about his littlest boy, Sammy. They had gone to a uh, Christmas Eve service at uh, the new Anglican Church. They built there on Tallahassee Highway 319, that multi-million dollar facility. And uh, they went to the midnight service there and he said they sat through beautiful music and it was just a great service. But he, he said they'd gotten there late so they had to go way down front to be seated. And uh, so they listened to the music and said they finished up with the organist playing on that huge, beautiful pipe organ, a tremendous rendition of the Hallelujah Chorus. And he said when the organist finished, it went just deathly silence in that place. And all of a sudden, in his little three-year-old voice, Sammy yelled out, Nice! And so when I walked in here this morning, I said, nice, okay? And uh, it's beautiful, and we thank the Lord uh, for his blessings to Eastside. I told the uh, Sunday school uh, guys a little while ago, I said, you know, when I first came to Eastside, it was 1973. So I recognize that's been 50 years ago. And uh, I told him, I said, Jeff Crosby was still just a baby back in those days. And I always heard that when Jeff was born, he was so ugly. The doctor didn't know which end to spank. But uh, anyhow, I, 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 uh, I'm glad that he's still around. Uh, and it's just good to see all of you today. Now, I'm trying to circle. You know how a plane kind of circles around and gets ready to take off? So... I'm, I'm trying to get used to this new platform up here. I could have a running fit up here. I mean, it's big enough to do that. And uh, we're just, I'm glad to have my family here. My wife is here. This June we'll be married 52 years. And uh, we thank the Lord for that. And Julie and Michael are here. And Charity and Lev are here. And we have four toddlers somewhere around here. I'm not sure where they are, and I hope the church survives. And uh, to them, I'm Papa, and they love getting on me. Papa, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? And uh, so we are enjoying being with those children. And uh, we're thanking the Lord for his goodness. And again, I'm glad to be able to be here today and thank the Lord for you. It's good to see new faces. It's good to see old faces. It's good to see some really, really old faces. But I'm glad that uh, some of you are still here serving the Lord. I want you to take your Bibles and turn 1 Chronicles 29. 1 Chronicles 29. I want to, I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning. I normally do that, but I'm going to take the time to read the whole chapter. Because this is an important book in 
relationship to the kingship of David and also in the construction and building of the temple. Now, when you look at 1 Chronicles chapter 29, in fact, the whole uh, books of 1 and 2 Chronicles, in the original, they were one book. They were not divided. The author is listed at anonymous, as anonymous, but many theologians and Jewish tradition believe that Ezra was the one who compiled this book. And, and so I want you to understand that as we read through chapter 29, these events happened many years before this book was actually compiled and made part of the Bible. And so we're looking back at history. Now, if I, good, Brother Sean, you are a backslider, brother. I can't believe you put a clock up there on the wall, okay? And I just recognize there's a clock up there that I, I'm going to have to, do I have 30 minutes? Is that about it? Is there a way to unplug that thing? I'm teasing you. Uh, I didn't forget where I was now. Where was I? Uh, that's, that's part of getting old, you forget, you know. And um, well, we're talking about this book in history. And today I want to emphasize and stress the importance of history. Okay? Now, we're in our country. I'll, I'll tell you, I, I am just burdened, and I'm thinking, dear God, you've got to inter intervene in the mess we're in in our country with this woke stuff and this critical race theory. Let, let me say this, folks. History's history. And we need to recognize that. Not only our personal history, you know, I'm... I'm I'm where I'm have to, I'm Medicare, you know, and you have to go to the doctor and you go to the doctor and they ask you about a million questions. What about what'd your dad have? What'd your grandparents have? You know, what'd your mom die from? What'd your dad die from? They want to know about your history. And then we have, of course, our nation's history. Uh, this summer, Sharon and I are looking forward to, Lord willing, going to Williamsburg and Jamestown and Yorktown and visiting some of those historical places. I thank God for the history of America. Now, it's not perfect because we're not perfect, but it's still history. But it's also important that we understand the history of the church, where the church came from. Now, if I, my math is correct, today we are celebrating 75 years of history for the East Side Baptist Church. 75 years. That means if I, I went back, you know, one thing I love about the internet is you can type in a date and you can go back and find out exactly what day that date was on. And on May 16th, 1948, the nation of Israel, uh, Israel, the state of Israel, was recognized by the UN, but the Eastside Baptist Church was organized 
dedicated, constituted as a Baptist church. May 16th, 1948. I went on there and I said, I wonder what it was like back in those days, uh, what things cost. Did you know you could buy a loaf of bread for 14 cents? You could buy a gallon of gas for 16 cents. How many of you'd like to do that today? I can remember my dad saying, son, that gas will never get over a dollar a gallon. Well, guess what, Pop? It did. You could buy a new house in a good location with forced air heating for $7,700. Boy, how many of us would like to be able to do that? But you only made $2,600 a year. I didn't say a month. Some of you make that in a week. And see me after the service. I have some needs. No, I'm teasing, all right? You just think about that. That's what was going on when this church was constituted. Now, Eastside was constituted Southern Baptist Church. Callaway, Dr. Callaway of the First Baptist Church, he had a vision of establishing little community churches. Back in those days, everybody didn't have a car. And a lot of folks had to walk where they went. And so he wanted to put little community churches. So he put one over here on the east side. He put one over there on Dawson Street. And that's how they started with a little tent right over here on Hill Street. How many of you remember that first old building that sat right back here? Many of us do. I hate we had to tear that thing down, but I'm telling you the termites had had a feast in that building. And the roof was falling in. It literally was caving in. If you got baptized in that building, they had to move the pulpit out of the way, pull up the floor, and the baptistry was under the pulpit. It's where they baptized people back in those days. But we got to think about where we were and where we are. And who brought us from where we were to where we are today? And we have to understand that everything you're enjoying in here today and back here and upstairs is from the hand of God. And we should never, ever forget the hand of God and what He did in the ministry of Eastside Baptist Church. Now, in 1 Chronicles 29, let's read. Furthermore, David, the king, said unto all the congregation, Solomon, Solomon, my son, whom alone God hath chosen, is yet young and tender, and the work is great. For the palace is not for man, but for the Lord. You'll notice as we read through this text, David calls the house of God different things. In this First verse, he calls it a palace. Verse 2, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God. In this verse, he calls it the house of God. The gold for the things to be made of gold and the silver for the things of silver and brass for the things of brass. The iron for the things of iron and wood for the things of wood and onyx stones and stones to be set glistening stones and divers colors 
and all manners of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. See, that's the determination he made. He chose to love the house of God. Because I have set my affection on the house of God, of my God, I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for, he calls it, a holy house. Even 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses withal, the gold for things of gold, the silver for things of silver, for all manner of work to be made by the hands of the artificers. And who then is willing to consecrate his servants this service this day unto the Lord? Then the chief of the fathers and princes of the tribes of Israel and the captains of thousands and hundreds with the rulers of the king's work offered willingly and gave for the service of the house of God of gold 5,000 talents, 10,000 drams, of silver 10,000 talents, of brass 18,000 talents, and 100,000 talents of iron. Well, how much money do you think that is worth that people are giving for the construction of the temple of God? And the Bible says it was not through coercion, but willingly we're offering these things to construct the temple, the house of God. And they with whom precious stones were found gave them to the treasure of the house of the Lord by the hand of Jael, the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced for that they offered willingly because with the perfect heart they offered willingly to the Lord and David the king also rejoiced with great, great joy. Now, my text verse, where I really want to jump off from, is starting right here in verse 10 through verse 17. But pay careful attention. Now remember, David is gathering all of this stuff to construct the temple of God, but guess what? He doesn't get to build it. Because God said to him, you're a man of war. You're a man of blood. So I'm not going to let you build the temple. But he gathered all these things together. Now remember, this is history. This is what took place. Wherefore David blessed the Lord before all the congregation, and David said, Blessed be thou, Lord God of Israel, our Father, forever and ever. And then he said in verse 11, Thine, thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty for all that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom of the Lord. Thou art exalted head above all. Both riches and honor come of thee. Thou reignest over all and in thine hand is power and might. In thine hand it is to make great, great 
and to give strength unto all. Now, therefore, our God, we thank thee and praise thy glorious name. Then he puts the brakes on. And he says, but who am I? And what is my people? That we should be able to offer so willingly after this sword. Who am I? Who are we? He said, for I understand and I recognize that all things come of thee and of thine own hand have we given thee. For we are strangers before thee, sojourners as were all our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and there is none abiding. O Lord our God, all this store that we have prepared to build thee and house for thy holy name cometh of thine hand and all is thine own. Church, we better recognize where our blessings come from and see that today what we have in our country what we have in our families, what we have in this church and other churches around our nation is because of the blessing of Almighty God. And I think we as a people ought to say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. And all God's people said, hey, folks, this is a Baptist church. It won't make that ceiling fall in if you say amen. Praising for what he's done for us. I'm telling you, when I think back on the history of this church, it's a miracle this church survived. Some of you don't know this, but within a, a space of about 12 years, this church split three times. You study the history of this church, and you'll find when she stepped away from the Southern Baptist Convention, this church split. Families split. Friends were divided. There was a time after that when in a morning service, the preacher was leading the service and a lady stood up in the service and literally cursed the preacher out. The church split. That's where Faith Baptist got started. Now, I'm not being negative here. I'm just telling you history. And then there was another time after that that the church split because of personality conflict and leadership style of the preacher. And it's only by the grace of God that God brought Brother Joe here and in his strong and dynamic leadership, God used him to put this church back together. And I'm telling you, my friends, I was here. There was a spirit of revival here that you can't explain. And people got saved who are in this building today during that time. And God blessed and I'm so thankful that God's hand 
protected this ministry and we're here today because of God's protection, provision, and blessing. And let's praise Him for that. And thank Him. David said, Lord, we thank You. And we realize what we have and what we've been able to give is from Your hands. He said, we're strangers before Thee and sojourners as were our fathers. Our days on earth are as a shadow and there's nothing abiding. Boy, don't we know that today? As much and as happy as I am this morning about being here, I'm kind of sad. I'm looking around, there's a lot of folks gone. You know what I'm saying? Now, they've gone on to be with him, which is good, but I still miss them. I miss seeing their faces. I miss hearing their words of encouragement. Because so many of them were here when I came here as a 23-year-old boy. My wife and I had just been married not quite two years. I came here, I thought I knew everything. I thought everybody loved me. But in six months, I knew I didn't know nothing. And everybody's not going to love you. Right, Brother Sean? You just find that out. Now, I'm going to bounce all over the place today. You'll just have to forgive me, all right? But I'm telling you, I miss those people. We went through some good times, but we went through some hard times together. Tina sang just a few minutes ago, and thank you for that song, Tina. Um, I was here when Smitty and Tina started dating. I had to stay on him all the time. No, you can't kiss Tina on the church bus. No, Smitty. You know? Why did this church make it? Why didn't she survive? Because of God. Because of the hand of God's blessing. I'm so thankful. Whew. Lord, our God, he said, verse 16, all this store that we have prepared to build thee in house for thine holy name cometh of thine hand and all is thine own. You see how David mentioned that over and over and over again. I know also, my God, that thou triest the heart and hast pleasure in uprightness. Hey, God still wants his people to live right. Do right. And of my, mine own heart I have willingly offered all these things. And now I and now have I seen with the joy of thy people which are present here to offer willingly unto thee. O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, our Father, our fathers, notice now what he says. I'd underline this. David said, Keep this forever in the imagination of the thoughts 
of the heart of thy people. God, help them never to forget the blessing of God's hands. In church today, as excited as we are for all that's going on here, let's don't forget the hand of God that has blessed us. Lord, keep this forever. And you know what I pray? I pray, Lord, whatever, whatever goes on at Eastside, whatever, may the people never forget where they were and where God has brought them. And that all we get to enjoy is from the hand of God. Now David goes on, and, and we'll just stop our reading there, except I want you to look at verse 29. If Ezra did compile this book, he tells you where he got the information from. He said, now the acts of David, the king, first and last, behold, they are written in the book of Samuel the seer, in the book of Nathan the prophet. And by the way, we know who Nathan was, don't we? Nathan was the one who got in David's face and said, you're the man. You're the problem. You're the one who sinned. And also in the book, book of Gad, the seer. Quickly, I want to give you four things I'm thankful for today. First of all, I'm thankful for God's love. Are you glad God loves you? For God so loved the world. Put your name there that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I'm glad God's love is unconditional. You thought about that? God's love is unconditional. He doesn't put conditions on, I'll love you if you do this. You know, we as people are guilty of doing that, aren't we? I'll love you and I'll like you and I'll support you and I'll help you if you do what I want you to do. It's funny to me, sometimes people in church say, oh, pastor, I love you. I love you, preacher. And I'm so thankful for you and thank God for the stand you take till the stand you take contradicts their lives. And then all of a sudden, they don't love you as much as they say they do. Why? Because they put conditions on it. But I serve a God today, and you serve a God today, whose love is unconditional. Thank you, Lord, for it. And I'm glad, too, that His love is unending. 
The Bible said God loves us with an unending love. Turn to Psalm chapter 136. We need to take a little road trip this morning, all right? Psalm 136. Notice what he said in verse 26 of this verse. Psalm 136, verse 26. Now, in our King James text, the, the word is mercy, but if you look it up in the Hebrew, it's, it's love. And he said, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy or his love endureth forever. And by the way, I'm glad for it either way. I'm glad God's mercies never run out. They're new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, Lamentation says. His love is unending. You think about everything that we do, friend, as a church, I believe the foundation of it is love. God said, what is the greatest commandment? <clears throat> love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul. Love God. And what's the other part, church? Love thy neighbor. As thyself. You know, I think we ought to keep things simple. I read many years ago, somebody told me, said, Preacher, you need to read this book on success. So, and, I, and I, I, I forget who wrote it and even the name of it, but one thing I remember was that he put in that book an acronym KISS, standing for Keep It Simple, Stupid. And you know, in our walk with God, we need to keep it simple. We need to learn that the important thing for us in the church of God is to love Him and to love our neighbor as ourselves. And I'll tell you what, if we'll do that, all this other stuff will work out. <clears throat> See, if you'll love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might... And love your neighbors yourself. I'll tell you what, this Christianity works really well. Love him. His love is unending. His love is unfailing. Turn to Romans chapter 8. Oh, I'm thankful for God's love. Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39. Paul wrote to these Roman believers, and he said, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And he talks about tribulations or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword. He said, it's written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. But no, no. And notice the next word. In, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You see, we don't want distress or tribulation. Brother Sean was teaching this morning about how 
He doesn't like controversy, and guess what? I don't either. Now, I know some preachers who love controversy. In fact, Tom Messer from Trinity Baptist, Brother Sean, you graduated from there, said, you know what, Brother Tim? He said, Dr. Gray loves controversy. He said, if he's not in controversy, he's going to create controversy so he can have controversy. I don't like that. I like things to be smooth as silk, just everything run fine, but guess what? That's not life. How many of you have ever had any trouble in your life? You had any controversies? Yeah. But he said, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that what? What's the next two words, church? Him that? Say that again. I can't hear you. You're weak this morning. Come on, what? For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And all God's people said, I'm thankful for his love. And by the way, don't forget John 4, 8 says, not that God loves, but that God is love. So I'm thankful for his love today. But I also want to praise him and thank him for his purpose that never changes. His purpose. You say, Brother Tim, what do you think the purpose of Eastside Baptist Church is right now under the leadership of Brother Sean Jacobs. Are you ready? I'm going to tell you. Are you listening? Sit up. Let me see your eyes. Uh, the Lord uh, allowed me this year to teach Bible at the Christian school. I teach third and fourth graders. You say, Brother Tim, that's about your level. <laughs> but I look at those kids and I say, hey, let me see your eyes. I want to be able to make eye contact with you. I want you to know you're listening. What's God's purpose for you? Love God. With all your heart, mind, body, and soul. And love your neighbor as yourself. Isn't that simple? Just do it. You know, we got to figure out all these, well, I don't know if this is the will of God. I don't know. I'll I, I tell you what, if you just love God and love your neighbor, everything will fall in place. But how many of us struggle with that? You know, we do. I'm thankful for his purpose. And that through the working of sanctification, we are being conformed to the image of his son. And that, that comes about as we present our bodies and I present my body because I love him and I know he loves me. Number three, I want to praise him that his word never changes. His word never changes. The Bible's complete. God needs to say nothing more, nothing less, and nothing different. 
We have in our hands God's final right answer to life's most important questions. Right here. I'm glad the psalmist said his word is a lamp to my feet and a light into my path. He said the entrance of your word gives me understanding. The Bible has the answer. And I'm so thankful for his word today. I'm thankful that his word has been preached in the pulpit of Eastside Baptist for 75 years. <clears throat> I'm thankful for men like Ben Bird, Jim Willie, others, Brother Parker, Brother Joe, who stood in the pulpit of Eastside Baptist over in that old building over there and declared time and time again, thus saith the Lord. It's God's Word. I remember when I first came to Thomasville, March of 73, Brother Joe was kind of taking me around, introducing me to people, and one of the people he took me to was down on Jackson Street at an old antique store down there, a guy by the name of Howard Willis. Steve's right back there. I'm 23 years old. Now, if you didn't know Howard, he could be rough. I walked in that store and looked around, beautiful antiques. Brother Joe said, Brother Howard, I want you to meet Brother Tim Robson. He's going to be leading our singing for the revival, and I wanted him to meet you. He grabbed up his Bible and took it and shook it right in my face and said, boy, don't you ever forget this is the inspired Word of God. And don't you ever vary from this old black book. And you know what? He got my attention. And folks, we better hang on to this book. A lot of things changing. But thank God, this book never changes. And we're here today because there has been the faithful preaching of the eternal, infallible Word of God. Can you praise Him for that today? Thank Him. I thank Him for His love. I thank Him for His purpose. I thank Him, praise Him that His Word never changes. But last of all, <clears throat> now, because I said last of all doesn't mean I'm going to quit preaching. <laughs> That's a mistake to say that, brother. I want to praise him for his grace that never fails. The word grace is the Greek word cherish, and it's used 155 times in the New Testament. And it literally means favor bestowed. Generous benefits freely given. I thank God for His grace. See, it's through His grace that we receive the enablement we need to be saved and to be kept unto 
the day of redemption. Grace. God's eternal grace. Are you glad you're saved today? Are you glad there was a time when God reached down and touched your heart and saved your soul? I'm glad we are kept by the power and grace of God. I don't have to keep myself saved. I've got a Pentecostal friend in a Pensacola. I mean, he's Pentecostal, died in the wool. And he and I get into it about speaking in tongues and, and, and words of prophecy and all that stuff, you know. And I tell him, I said, listen, brother, I'm just so glad I'm saved forever. But I'm not saved forever because of what I do. I'm saved forever because of what he has done. See? I'm glad by His grace we receive His sufficiency, His enablement to deal with the burdens and the testings and the trials that come of life. Look over to 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. I said 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. That is the first mistake I have made in weeks. Tell you the truth, it is not. I had a funny thing happen to me the other day. I was um, out mowing my yard, and I'd finished mowing and finished my weed whacking and finished trimming the sidewalk and the, and the um, driveway. And the kids had given me for Christmas a set of AirPods. How many of you know what that is, all right? Some AirPods earphone-like things that go in your ear, and they were noise-canceling. I wear them a lot when we're driving with my wife. You know, I got my... <laughs> but anyhow, I'd gone to the backyard to get my blower, and when I came out, the Amazon truck was there, and the Amazon deliver lady had a package for us, a box for us, and a white package. Well, when I saw her, I had those earphones in. And I said, well, I won't be able to hear what she says to me. So if you pull the left one out, it'll cut, it'll stop them. So I pulled my left earplug out, and when I did, I dropped it. So I went to the Amazon lady, and I took the package. And I said, well, I'll, I'll look for that in a minute. So I put the package on our front porch. And I came back out in the front yard and I started walking around looking for that ear pot, ear thing. I couldn't find it, so I, I went running down the street banging on the side of the Amazon door, uh, truck saying, Lady, will you stop? I said, You had another package in your hand and I think my ear pod fell in that package. And she said, No, sir, I didn't, I don't think so. I said, Well, I can't find it. So she put her truck in park and got out of the truck and said, I'll help you find it. So here I am, the Amazon lady's walking around in my yard and I'm down on my knees following her trying to find that ear pot. 
Well, we never found it. She said, you check your pockets? I looked at her like, yeah, I check my pockets. She left. I remember the kids said, Dad, if you lose one of your pods, they've got that find my thing, whatever app on the phone that you can turn on and it'll help you find it. Well, I turned that thing on. And I'm hearing this beeping. Beep, 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 beep. So I walk over to my neighbor's yard. I said, maybe I slung it over here. It wasn't there. I walked out in the street. Beep, 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 beep. It's not there. Got on my hands and knees and I was just crawling. Can you imagine what my neighbors thought? What is that old fool doing? I'm crawling on my hands and knees digging in the grass like this, trying to find that thing. Finally, I had to go somewhere. I said, I got to go get a shower. So I go in the house, take my shoes off, reached to take my t-shirt off. And guess where my ear pod was? In the pocket of my shirt. We do some crazy things, don't we? I don't know what that has to do with the message, but I won't tell you about it, all right? Look at verse 8. He said, but God is able. Would you underline those three words? And never forget, God is able. To do what? To make all grace abound. What's grace? Favor bestowed. Generous benefit. Freely given. All grace abound. That toward who? Toward you. Toward you. That you, notice that next word, always, always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. I'm so thankful for His grace. It helps us to abound in the good work that God has called us to do. All sufficiency, all things that we may abound in every good work that He has ordained for us to do. Grace to understand His Word, grace to apply it, grace to overcome temptation. Grace to overcome sin. Grace to endure suffering. Grace to endure disappointment. Grace to endure pain. Grace to obey the Lord. Grace to serve Him effectively. You men are going to be the leaders. Brother Sean talked about you being today in our Sunday school hour. You're going to need the grace of God. I love that old song, grace, grace, marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that what? Exceeds our sin and our guilt. Freely bestowed on all who will believe. Yes, grace, grace, infinite, marvelous grace. 
So today, as we think about, rejoice in, and praise God for 75 years. Let's remember we're here because of God's love, God's purpose, God's truth, and God's grace. That is why we're here. And my prayer is, God, put it on the imagination of their hearts and thoughts that we never forget where we came from and who brought us from there to here. And all God's people said, Let's have every head bowed and every eyes closed. Friend, what about you today? Are you saved? Do you know Christ? Do you know the forgiveness of sin? I look around this building and I remember when some of these folks came to Christ. H texted me on March 19th and he said, Preacher, 34 years ago today, I walked out of that balcony in the old building, walked down the aisle and received Christ as my Savior. Praise God. You said, well, he's still here. That's right, he's still here. Why is he here? Because of the grace of God. And what about you, friend? Have you received that grace? Do you know you're saved? And Christians, how many of you today would join me in this altar to give praise to God from our hearts that what we are enjoying today is because of His love, His purpose, His grace, His truth. Let's stand together. Would you come and say, I want to praise Him for what He's done in my life, my family, my church. And I'm thankful for the history of this church and the blessings on each side. Would you come just right now, step out. Let's honor the Lord and give Him praise today for His blessings, would you?